Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. Looking good over there, Norm. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and every weekend, we're here doing life together, and we're so glad you joined us. I'm feeling really stressed, so could we go get a burger as soon as we're finished here? <laughs> you know what we're talking about tonight. Oh, uh, don't I? Today's topic is one you have spent many years of your career helping people with, stress eating. Some of our listeners may not know that you specialize in working with people who have disordered eating, as you call it, and eat or don't eat due to stress. In fact, you have several books on this topic, not just one. Lose It for Life, Press Pause Before You Eat, that's a great one, and Breaking Free from Stress. Yeah, I do. I, I've worked in this area for many, many years, and eating is just one of the many ways that we cope. And you know, Norm, because I see a lot of people of faith, they may not be as prone yeah to maybe <laughs> you know cocaine or some of the other vices that people have mm -hmm. but we all have to eat and uh, eating is one of the things that we can do in the church without a lot of condemnation yeah it's acceptable right and so you know some people drink take drugs shop play video games exercise maybe even binge watch tv but we all know that a lot of these things are done because we're trying to avoid stress or medicate ourselves from the stress. But some of these stress reducers are better than others. So whatever we do, we don't want coping skills that end up with negative consequences. Mm -hmm. And using food to cope causes two major negative consequences. The first is weight gain mm -hmm. and guilt. Oh, it could also lead to an eating disorder. So if you've ever said, why did I just eat that? I wasn't hungry. This show is for you. Yay. <laughs> and I think I said tonight, and here we are in the daytime. I don't know what um, I was thinking when I said that. You know, you can listen to this show any time You of can. Day. And maybe because we're in kind of a dark room today. That's right. <laughs> I'm thinking it's nighttime. The I beauty don't know. of podcasting is it's ubiquitous. Yes. You can yes. put your earbuds on and... Listen, Go for it. Okay, right. but we know that stress eating is something that we see in the media all the time. Someone has a breakup. They lose their job. They've had a bad day. And you know what they do? They dive right into the ice cream and all the other goodies. But when we stress eat, we feel even more stressed, I think. So this doesn't sound like a great coping skill. Yeah, what you're describing is actually a vicious cycle, right? You have to break that. Once we eat to our own regret... Then we feel defeat. Mm. That leads to more overeating, and the cycle just keeps going wow. round and round. We feel terrible. A lot of times we make a lot of self-disparaging remarks, or we might excuse our behavior. I don't eat that much. That's right. Or you feel even worse, and you overeat more. We give up. We give in. We tell ourselves that the food is more powerful than we are, and that we can't defeat this inner urge or these impulses, and we're left really feeling hopeless. Hmm. So we think that we stress eat to feel better. 
But what you're saying is that in reality, most of us feel much worse in the long run. You got it. Wow. So if this coping method doesn't work, why do we do it? I think because like so many things, you know, food provides immediate relief and pleasure, right? Mm. You eat something Tastes really good. great and yummy. It feels good for the moment. And that immediate fix, you know, gives us some a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of reward. But then in the long run, we're stuck with the consequences right. and we don't like right. it. And when we stress eat, we don't usually pick up the broccoli. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Or that dive does. into a really yummy, healthy salad. In <laughs> fact, you found the results of important research that tells us what women and men eat when they're stressed. What would you guess is number one? For ice cream. both. Yeah, cream. you're right. We all scream for ice cream, right? That's right. Both men and women. That's so true. <laughs> well, I knew it wasn't broccoli or vegetables. I'm, I'm really trying to think if I ever had a patient who binged. I did have a patient who binged on pumpkin Oh, from a can. Ew. I know, that didn't sound real appealing, but that's. I don't know any other vegetables. Is pumpkin a vegetable? It's a fruit. Is it a fruit? Well, it's got to be. It has seeds. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, nobody I know binges on no. broccoli. No. So after ice cream, then what's next on the list? And is it different for men and women? Because when I overeat, it's usually salty, not sweet. It is. So you are typical. Thank you very much. Of your male gender. No surprise here. Women do eat more in response to stress than men do. So mm. I will say that mm -hmm. it's more of a coping mechanism for women. And we tend to crave sweets. So research bears this out, but Norm, did we really need research? Did someone really need to do yeah, a study really. to tell us I hope this? they didn't spend a lot of money on this. <laughs> they probably did. They probably got a huge grant for that. Men reach for hearty comfort foods. They think maybe because it reminds them of their mother's cooking. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, sometimes, maybe. maybe. They choose protein-dense foods to feel better, and they feel happy. So things like steaks and pizza. Yeah, give me meat. The meats. <laughs> <laughs> and this is interesting. Women associate those protein-dense foods like meats and the things we're talking about with just too much work. What? Yeah. So we go for easy fixes like chocolate uh, and sweets. Okay. And we feel guilty, not happy, according to the research from Cornell University. Then the stress hormone kicks back up and we crave more comfort food. And that comfort food gets associated with de-stressing, which means it becomes a habit. So none of this is working. Food is not our solution to stress. Okay, I'm getting really depressed. What the this heck? sounds like such a vicious cycle. How do we get out of it? I know. Let's turn to Press Pause Before You Eat, <laughs> your book, which, by the way, is available on your website and on other online sites. Press Pause Before You Eat is all about breaking the habit of stress eating. Commercial's over. Oh, okay. thank you. I know that was a nice commercial, but it's true. I spent a lot of time thinking about this and how do you stop that mm -hmm. eating cycle because a lot of people that are listening right now can really relate to what we're saying. Right. I mean, it's just it's just you don't want to do it, and then you find yourself doing it. And think about all the abundance and the availability of food. I mean, everywhere you go, you everywhere. see it, you smell it. And these are really big factors when it comes to stress eating. We eat because we can. The advertising for it's everywhere. I know. And when you walk by those smoothie bars and you see those machines foam up tropical concoctions, Boy, it moves me to the counter. I'm thinking of my favorite one. Although I try to I try to go with a detox one oh, okay. on that. Or a cold winter night is warmed by a hot cup of peppermint mocha. Or the television advertisement of chocolate topping on rich vanilla ice cream is virtually telling us to march to that freezer. That's right. right. Load up, baby. Our environment really does provide ample opportunities and cues to eat. 
So there are so many inviting choices that mm-hmm. we just simply respond when we're cued by all these things we see and smell and taste. I remember a few years ago, you did a PBS TV special called Surviving Abundance. Mm-hmm. It addressed just what you're saying. We eat because food's so available. Now, we do know that there are places in America where food scarcity does still exist. It really does. Mm -hmm. But in general, we have an obesity crisis in this country. It has to do with the availability of so many bad foods, poor, nutritious foods, widely available chips, candy, ice cream. We've been naming them all, so we're now getting hungry. So let's talk about the types of stress that trigger us to reach for food. So we eat for a variety of emotions. We can eat when we're hurried, when we're stressed. And when we feel happy. Did Hmm. you know happy was the number one emotion? For eating? Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me. I thought it would be depressed or bored. That's where I thought. But that's another, those are two more, that when you're bored, you don't have anything to do. I mean, how many nights have you been by yourself, you're bored, just start opening cupboards or the refrigerator Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. eat because, Mm -hmm. you know what, it distracts us from the boredom feeling. I don't need too many terribly difficult emotions to eat. I'm (laughs) just happy to do that. You know, in some ways, it's like taking a drink or a drug. So you don't feel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that numbing thing you talk about. The difference is you must eat to sustain life. Right. You can't live without food. That, I think, makes it harder to give up this stress eating. It does, because you cannot abstain from eating, right? Then if you do, then we're dealing with something like anorexia, where it can be very, very dangerous. So the other thing is, Norm, that stress eating often connects us to memories of love, especially when we're feeling lonely or feeling somewhat rejected. Maybe that's one of the reasons we go for some of those foods because we have good memories of those Mm -hmm. at another time. Well, I can see that because I connect certain foods with my mother's cooking and her love for me. And when you make those foods, it makes me feel good and relaxed and like you even love me too. And don't they taste pretty good? Yes, man. I mean, I think I learned yeah. well from yeah. her. You would agree she with that, right? She was a good right? teacher. Yeah, she makes a couple of things that I absolutely love. And it does remind us of her. Right. So in a loving way. You know, many people gained weight during the pandemic mm-hmm. because of stress eating. I mean, they were feeling lonely, they were feeling disconnected, and you're right, it was medicating the horrible feelings that a lot of people experienced during that time. Mm-hmm. As a relationship doctor, you talk about how we stress eat in response to our relationships. Tell us more about that. You know, relationships are really a major trigger for stress eating. Uh, we can eat when we fight with our spouse, when we feel insecure, Maybe we're stressed by the demand of, let's say, elderly parents or Mm. even teenagers, or maybe just due to unsuccessfully comforting that screaming toddler. (laughs) I know a lot of women who want to eat something at that time. And, you know, one of the things that I heard a lot in in therapy was they were so stressed by toddlers and eating that they would eat everything on their plate, the toddler's plate, Mm. because they were frustrated and they found themselves just eating as a way of kind of calming themselves down. I couldn't eat that baby food, though. Well, yeah, even a little bit older when they're eating some of the the regular food. (laughs) So help us uh, learn more about these emotional stress triggers. So what I what I usually have people do is just simply write down when they overeat or eat when they're not hungry. That way you can see what was happening before, write down what was happening before, then what you did which was eat and then what you felt and maybe even what you thought. Okay. And if you do that for a few days, you can kind of look at this list and you can go, "Oh, there's a pattern. I eat every time I see Mary." 
or I eat every time I have a fight with my mom, or I eat every time I feel sad or lonely. So that's a good way to start getting aware of this stress eating. So take notice of what the trigger is and then note that. But first, we have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get some more help on how to stop this behavior. Be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain. If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you, Living Beyond Pain, in stores now. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. We're talking today about something we've all experienced in life, I think, stress eating. But before we get back to our conversation, let me remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, her books, and you can connect with her on social media. A very easy way to know what she's writing about every day is to follow her on Twitter and Instagram or X instead of Twitter. <laughs> That's right. We have to get changed That's in our right. thinking here. That's right. I kind of quit calling it Twitter. She's at Dr. Linda Mental. Or on Facebook, you can find her at Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. And we're talking right now about your book, Press Pause Before You Eat. You help us with being mindful, and you have something you call the pause principle. Pause being not dog pause. No, just P-A-U-S-E. And so you can remember that principle because it does spell out that word. So it's the pause that we all need to take when we start to stress eat. So hmm. let's begin with a P because okay. each of those initials, is that what they are? Initials? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to stop and think about that for a moment. Those They're- are initials for the word. Each one of them starts with a, a, a principle or some type of thing that's related to that letter. So the P is purpose, not to use food for stress relief. So that means you have to be aware of it. You have to get intentional about this. And when you have the urge to stress eat, Just try delaying eating for 20 minutes. And if you can go that long, guess what? The craving passes during that time. So I I think that's right, because sometimes I feel like I'm really hungry, and Mm -hmm. then I get busy, and I completely forget about it, and I'm not hungry anymore, and it Yeah, it's a biological thing. It it really can, can come on you, but if you wait 20 minutes, if you're truly not hungry, if you're hungry, it's not going to go away. But if you're just eating out of stress, it will go away after 20 minutes. Okay, then A? A means attend. So attend to your body for signs of tension. Know what the stress feels like in your body. Identify it. Do you stress when you're irritable? Do you have poor concentration, a lack of sleep? Attend to what you're eating. Keep a food journal like I talked about Mm -hmm. before the break and write when you feel tense and if you ate then. So you can start connecting the food to the emotions or the thoughts that you're having. What's you? Understand that chronic stress does take a toll on the body and that food is not a solution. So understand what are my triggers? Is it my mother-in-law, your boss, your critical parent? And then learn to manage the trigger. Or if you can, sometimes you can actually remove the trigger. Now, you can't remove people probably from your life, but you can uh, remove the trigger and really understand that when I'm in that situation, maybe you remove the food. 
Mm. uh, because you know you're going to go do it. Good. Okay, let me see if I got it so far. P is for pause. A is to attend to the stress in your body and if you're eating. And the U is to understand your triggers. Now, what's S? So S is strategy. So this is the big category, right? This is where you have to reduce, prevent, and tolerate stress without using food. Hmm. That was a lot of words I gave you there. Reduce stress, prevent stress, and if you can't do any of those, then you tolerate it, okay. right, without food. And that means you have to make a plan and decide, what will I do instead of eating? And you do this ahead of time okay. so that you're not in the middle of the situation because no one does well when right. they're wanting right. to eat. So how do you remember it at that moment? Well, you have to you have to think beforehand. A lot of times I have somebody make a list. Hmm. And they, I actually had a lot of the people I worked with put lists on their refrigerator, put lists on their cupboards, put lists in their car, because wow. that's where they tend to stress eat a lot, or in front of the television. So if you can put these things in front of you or have different ideas for, okay, what can I do? Now, this is thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. What can I do when I'm in the car? What can I do when I'm watching television? What can I do at work? What can I do in the daytime when I'm busy? Or what can I do at nighttime when I'm not so busy? And then substitute something else in there. And the reason we do this is because we're really conditioned to eat at certain places. So, you know, a lot of people just get in their car and they start eating or drinking something. So I'm going to guess E is not eat more? No, it's not eat more. It's execute those changes. So once you get your list, once you're trying to think of other things that you can do, then make sure that you're using the E to execute those changes. But let's go back to a few strategies here, okay? I think it would be good to go over some ideas for people. So let's say you're at home and you have that urge. Okay. One thing you could do would just be get up and walk around the block. Okay, that's good. Plus that helps you. Yeah, it gives you some exercise on top of that. Or you could... Maybe call a friend. Ha <laughs> ha. Talk and vent a little bit mm-hmm. or talk it out. So for a lot of people, that works. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. people don't like to talk when they're stressed, right. but others do. Right. I like to play music. Music is very calming for me. I have it in the background when I'm working. It doesn't distract me or bother me, but I don't use music where someone's singing because then I'd start singing. Mm-hmm. I even from playing instruments all my life, I even have trouble when it's music when I'm trying to think is then I start hearing the score and then I'm kind of thinking that way. But music is a great uh, relaxer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you can do to distract yourself from the food at the moment, uh, you know, draw, take a bath, uh, do something else with your hands, anything that you can think of, go pick up a toy with your child, play Clean with it. something. That's a good one. When you clean something, you get your mind off of food, especially, you know where you should go? If you're going to clean and try to get your mind off of food? The bathroom. That's exactly right. Oh, I guess. Most people do not eat while they're in the bathroom. (laughs) Um, Here's a good one. Just play with your pet. Oh, they're so soothing. I know. And so, again, you're feeling like you want to go eat, go go to your pet, throw the ball, do something, pet them, do something else. Counting backwards or forward in another language or in English or yeah. whatever, right? You've, you've learned. We've talked a lot about right. distracting the brain and getting you to think of something else. Right. My mom always used to say, if you can't sleep, get up and read your Bible and you'll get sleepy. Well, it's not a bad idea, really, to even just pray. Use mm-hmm. the time to intercede for somebody. If you're, That will get your mind off of food and onto something else. Or... Pull out your devotional and just read something really short that takes mm-hmm. your mind off mm-hmm. it. And some people really like to journal their thoughts, too. Right. So right. a lot of people de-stress by journaling. Hot baths, do that? It seems like that would relax you. I think that does. Put some lavender in there. One of those fizz balls. I'm into it. I yeah. love that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you do. 
deep breathing. You teach about breathing mm-hmm. and relaxing your muscles, right? Yeah, and just and another way to do this is just have a quiet time with a book. Remember books? Yeah, books. I, I love books. I think they're making a comeback. I've really? seen more and more people opening books and reading them when I've been on planes. I never lost my need for a book. I know. It's a great thing, but it will really distract you That's good. from wanting to eat. These are all easy and good ideas, but I bet it helps to remove all the tempting snacks from your house in addition to these good ideas. Yeah, and if you eat higher calorie foods, just eat a small piece of it or mm. a couple of bites um, is that you, possible? Yeah, yes, it is. Especially if you put it on some kind of really small platter, like take a little tiny plate, put it on there. And the research says, Norm, and and I think I've used this with people, and it does work. The research says that the satisfaction of something you eat that's really high calorie is found in the first couple of bites, hmm. and after that, it kind of loses its savor. So if you can just take two bites and just really, really enjoy it, and say. That's it. And and push it away. Or, you know, the best thing is to wrap up an item in foil so you can't see it. Because if you have it in a plastic container where you can see it and you see the brownies in there, you're probably going to want to eat it just from seeing it. And here's the money strategy. Okay. The big one. Only eat at the kitchen table. Oh, come on. I like to eat while I'm watching TV. I know. But if you're stress eating and you're trying to stop, then make a rule. I can only eat at the table. Okay, let's shift the pause concept to a spiritual strategy version. I know you've done that, right? Mm-hmm. I actually did this in the in the book. Um, and what I did was that we we took it. I wanted to make it intentional for not only your your physical eating and stressing, but maybe there's something spiritual mm-hmm. going on. So what's the P on the spiritual side? Well, let me, let me just say something before I get into okay. that, because some people can really eat out of what we would call a spiritual hunger, a restlessness. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about people being bored and kind of just kind of dull and not feeling like there's anything. You can have that spiritual um, restlessness and feel unfulfilled and you don't feel like there's purpose in your life and you're just not sure what's going to bring meaning and all of that stress can really relate to that. So now we'll kind of talk about the pause okay. from a spiritual perspective. That makes sense. So the first one would be look at your spiritual hunger, mm-hmm. right? Are you trying to fill a void with the food? I think that's a great question to ask yourself first. Okay. P is purpose. A is attend again, but... Yeah. But this time we're talking about... Attend to those feelings of restlessness, to boredom, to lack of purpose, discontentment in your life, and just choose not to medicate those feelings and understand that there may be something spiritually being prompted in you. Mm, So that's the you for understand that. Mm -hmm. That spiritual hunger requires spiritual food. That makes sense. Right? It does. It's not going to be fed by real food, it's going to be fed by spiritual food. What are you really craving? Is it more intimacy with God? Is it more meaning in your life? I mean, Jesus said he's the bread of life, and he promises to satisfy our hunger. He uses a lot of food metaphors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in all of this. And St. Augustine said, you, God, have made us for yourselves, and our hearts are restless until they find our rest in you. That's so good. Is the S strategize again? It is, but this time it's going to be strategizing ways to improve your spiritual intimacy with God. Develop a spiritual life. Have a quiet time. Do some regular Bible reading, some studying. Consider maybe a Bible study, a small group in a church, a prayer group, something Mm -hmm. that will get you more engaged. 
And I'll bet E is still execute. It is. But this time we're talking about executing the spiritual disciplines such as prayer and reading the word and renewing your mind and developing that deeper walk with mm-hmm. Christ and mm-hmm. with God. Uh, obedience to his word. That's a big one right. uh, when we're talking about executing. Put legs to your faith by living in obedience to God's word. Well, we were created to be with God. That's when, right. when we ignore this, I'm sure we just feel empty and longing for something else. So that makes sense. You know, uh, in a sermon uh, that C.S. Lewis wrote in a book that was compiled called Weight of Glory, he describes this type of desire, this wanting something more. This is what he said, the scent of a flower we have not found. The echo of a tune we have not heard. News from a country we have never visited. Lewis was referring to the emptiness, the desire for completion that cannot be met through food or any other natural way. And you know, Norm, God doesn't promise to remove us from stress in our lives, right? So Mm -hmm. as long as we breathe, we are going to have stress. But he does promise to fill us to keep us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed on Him. And He promises His presence, His comfort, His blessing as well. So fill up on spiritual things. Those are far better than any slice of cake. So the next time you're stressed and tempted to eat, reach for the bread of life, drink from the living water, and be satisfied. Hmm. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.